Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Brett Jones. Brett, how you doing, buddy? Mike, I'm fantastic. Uh, just uh, as the kids say, living the dream. I'm glad you are, because so am I. So this is going to be an exciting podcast. Well, the dream is to be overworked, underpaid, and frustrated. What was That was the dream I was sold. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I was, you know, mine is, mine is, Hey, own your own gym. There's nothing that can go wrong. And all you do is just count your money. And in the last, uh, in the last week I've, um, you know, fixed a shower drain. I've patched some hole in some holes in drywall and, uh, um, needed one of my other, uh, one of my other coworkers to help me fix a piece of equipment. So besides that ship shape, it's perfect. Yeah. So today we're going to dive into, um, how to blend barbell work, kettlebell work, and bodyweight training. Um, and within the Strong First curriculum, this is something that uh, we're both uh, very versed on. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people don't understand how to blend those modalities. Um, oftentimes, they don't understand the goals, or they don't have goals, rather, or they're just really uncertain on how to blend those to make a comprehensive program. And you know, I've been doing this for, for just about 20 years. You've been doing it for longer than that. And, uh, you know... I'm not going to speak for you, but I've made some mistakes along the way, but, um, I've learned from those mistakes and, uh, you know, I happen to think I've got a pretty good idea on how to, to get people, um, stronger using various modalities and how to blend those things together. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's sort of talk about sort of the big three here and, and then we can go from there. Um, how do you typically start your training sessions, Brett? So, uh, just to, to, catch one, one thing before we go down that, go down that path is, um, this is the most common programming question. How do you mix modalities? Because everybody wants to do it all. And last time I checked, you can't. Um, <laughs> and that, that sounds like a bad way to start the programming conversation for how you mix modalities. Right. But, uh, people get excited they know that there's these different tools and there's these, these things that they can get involved and there's Indian clubs and there's mesas and there's Bulgarian bags and there's TRX and there's, um, you know, there's just keep making the list, right? There's all of these things. And uh, I, I think we all run into time periods where we want to do all of the things, you know, we're, we're like kids that run into a toy store and we're, we're just frozen in place because I want to play with all of the toys and, you get kind of frozen and you don't know what to do. Um, comes back to goal setting. What do you want to accomplish? Because 10 of the things that are on that list of 20 might not have a place in, in the program that's targeted towards getting you to your goal. So always step back and think, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why. Why are you looking to add a particular modality? What are you looking to get from it? What is this going to do for you? And so I, I think it's a common question because people get so excited about all of the different modalities. They want to do a one-arm push-up. They want to max out their pull-up. This is what makes the beast tamer so interesting, right? You need to be able to do a really heavy pull-up. You need to be able to do a really heavy press. And oh, by the way, you need to be able to do something on a single leg with, with a lot of weight. Uh, so it's a, it's a, blend of strength skills uh, that, that I think is really interesting. So what makes the TSC very interesting, right? You got to pull a max deadlift. You need to max out your pull-ups. You need to max out your snatches in five minutes. That's a mix of qualities and modalities 
Um, so just within our own system, as far as strong first is concerned, um, you know, we have these, these um, goals and things that lead us in the direction of blending these modalities. And, but again, we come back to why. Why are you looking to take that on? And I, and I think that if people kind of step back from the excitement and, and maybe think, why am I looking to add this? Um, I, I think we can start having so much better conversations about how. Absolutely. And um, specificity is king, right? If, if you want to get really good at pressing, you got to press a lot. Um, if you, you want to get good at deadlifting, you got to you know, deadlift a lot. But he, here's the cool thing, right? All of these modalities share the same principles. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And there's going to be absolute carryover, um, which is a beautiful thing because again, the principles are the same, but the methods and the modalities are a little bit different, but that's the cool thing about it is, is you have the ability to, um, use tension, use irradiation to use all of these skills that we've learned, but you're just applying it to different tools. And, um, yes, certain movements require, uh, more movement competency, um, um, certain movements will absolutely ask more of your nervous system than others, but um, they definitely complement one another. And uh, the carryover is is really cool. And and I'll tell a little story in a little bit here about um, you know some of the the body weight stuff that I've done. But um, let's just let's just say because um, we obviously could talk about you know barbell deadlift cycles. We could talk about you know various kettlebell goals and and same thing with body weight. But let's say someone. They want to, they, they don't have a specific goal. Like they want to do X, but they want to get really, um, they want to just really get tech, uh, not technical, but they really want to focus on just owning those three modalities. And they're looking to create a program, right? They want to, they want to own the body weight stuff. They want to own the kettlebell stuff. They want to own the barbell stuff. And they want to blend something together. That's going to get a little bit of each thing. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's probably where most people are getting confused because they do, they want to have a piece of those three in each, um, but they really don't know how to lay it out. So um, yeah, I'll give you my, my sort of two cents worth, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Obviously I always start with a little bit of uh, a little bit of warm up, a little bit of mobility, and depending on what I'm doing on that day, I'm probably going to do a little bit more. So I tend to look at, uh, there's three certain exercises that I usually do at the beginning of my training sessions that um, for me with the kettlebell, um, ask a lot of my body, they ask me to pay attention, but from a neurological standpoint, it really fires me up. And I generally start my training sessions with some sort of get up variation, whether it's a traditional get up, whether it's the SOS get up, um, or I'll start with a windmill. It could be a bottom windmill or a top windmill or a bent press. And, and that's how I tend to start my training sessions because they do a couple things for me. Yes. They fire up the nervous system, but they really check where I'm at. If there's a little bit of that feedback that you get when you're doing um, certain exercises that require, like, like for example, a bent press, you have to have great T-spine mobility, right? You have to have that ability to rotate. You have to have the ability to extend the shoulder back and get into those positions. So for me, I found that using those three at the beginning of a training session really dials me in, but it really gets me to pay attention. Absolutely. And I think if we look at, if we just start with, uh, body weight, and I'm actually going to include the things you just talked about as loaded body weight drills. So if we look at this continuum body weight drills, we have this concept of movement skill, joint mobility, really unloaded situations where we're going to look at movement quality and capacity and being able to get into different positions uh, 
ankles, hips, and T-spine, right? Uh, making sure that we can access those areas and do those joint mobility drills. You know, I can remember years ago watching an old VHS set of Pavel's uh, Marshall Power uh, VHS set. So it was a while ago. Um, and, you know, getting down, doing the drills and just really just feeling like this kind of tight jacket had been taken off of me and just like, mm -hmm. wow, you know, I'm moving. This is really great. So I think that's an area that it should always be in the mix uh, as far as movement quality, capacity, and, and having that body weight skill to, to move your body. And then we take it into these loaded body weight positions where the windmill uh, portions of the getup, especially the SOS getup, um, and to your point, bent presses and, and things like that, that can really be loaded mobility drills. They're still focused on this body weight kind of capacity and quality sort of aspect. But then we can take body weight exercises to these extremes uh, where we're working at very high level strength. We're looking at very high level conditioning or repetition uh, strength and, and uh, endurance. Um, and then there's just the, the crazy stuff, right? There's the gymnastic-y kind of stuff that gets in there. That's just uh, an application of both the strength and the endurance to put it together into these body weight skills. And we have some of our instructors like you know, Owen Chow and I think it's Owen and a couple other people that are like, they're doing backflips and front flips and they're, you know, they're kind of headed down this gymnastics uh, sort of path. So, I mean, you look at body weight and, oh, I mean, it's just this continuum of things that you can, that you can work on. Um, and each has their, their place. And to your point, if I'm, when I start with people, a uh, little bit of foam roller, little bit of this body weight movement quality, get into some get-ups. Let's find out how things are firing and working for today. Um, since I advocate and use uh, a foot out turn on things like swings and deadlifts and squats and things like that, windmill serves a really good piece for maintaining hip mobility because now I get to stretch those external rotators that tend to get tight as a result of operating in that, in that foot turn. Um, we can have a whole other podcast on why I advocate for that. Um, <laughs> but, but that's so just in the body weight modality, that's where my mind goes is, is this expansive continuum. And uh, let's, let's face it before there was, there were training tools and we were pretty quick to develop training tools as a, as a species, but before there were 20 training tools, there was body weight. And so we've been manipulating this machine through space for quite some time. And um, when we take it to that high level strength, when we work on a one arm, one leg push up or one, one arm push up, when we look at a heavy pull up, uh, you know, max one or three RM pull up, <clears throat> pistols, airborne lunge, you know, things like that, boy, we can really accomplish some really uh, great levels of strength. So um, where do you, where do you need to be? And where do you want to be on that continuum, knowing that that movement capacity quality conversation is coming with us. Absolutely. And one thing I want to add is you had mentioned sort of loaded mobility. Um, I've heard people talk about the get up as uh, loaded yoga, right? But he here's something that a lot of people don't talk about. If you are an individual that maybe you're a little bit tight, um, maybe you've got some dense tissue, maybe you're a little bit bigger. Sometimes you need that kettlebell in your hand. It just like you, all the muscular breath, like, cause you're like I'm, six, five. I'm you're sitting just... right here. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want to make it about you, but 
Uh, no, but one thing that I've noticed is that specifically with um, people that just a little bit more tense, a little bit thicker, um, doing those loaded sort of drills like a bent press and a windmill and even the get up variations are often the key to getting that person that's a little bit tighter, a little bit thicker to move a little bit better. It's just adding a little bit of extra horsepower because um, it's all about sort of that stimulus, right? And, and um, you have to put the body in a scenario where it'll respond to a stimulus. And if the stimulus is not adequate enough, things aren't going to change. So that's why for certain people like a crooked arm bar um, or an arm bar into a crooked arm bar is just money for the shoulders because maybe they're just so tight and so thick that the only way that they can start to open things up is with a little extra load. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the reality of it. And um, I know for me, I'm not a big guy, but when I do my bent presses and my, my crooked arm bars, um, I feel a lot better, which means I should be doing it more, but I don't because uh, I never take my own advice. But uh, so those are the things that I, I think a lot of people really don't understand is using the kettlebell to help improve your movement quality using, you know, as a counterbalance and weight shifting and just getting into various positions. It can be a very, very powerful tool. And, you know, a, a lot of people will say, well, you shouldn't load dysfunction. Well, you're not loading dysfunction. You're using a small weight to help aid someone kind of break through those, um, those movement issues that they may have. And it's a pretty powerful thing. Um, even exercises like a, you know, a goblet squat, let's be honest, a goblet squat, um, you know, as a counterbalance will make just about anybody squat fairly well, um, with the right load and the right weight in the right position. Um, but it is a loaded movement that will give you access to something else. So it's a little bit of a cheat code, which is pretty cool. And, um, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. I mean, if that's what it takes, if you want to do your whole warm up with a kettlebell, awesome. Like I do it quite a bit. And, uh, a lot of the times what it does is just makes me pay attention. And I think that's one part of warming up that people don't do. They just, they kind of do the lackadaisical thing and that's it. But when you've got an implement in your hand, more, more people are apt to just pay a little bit more attention because it's a safety issue, right? You don't want a kettlebell fawn on your head or um, you don't want to drop that on your foot because in general, that's just bad, uh, bad for business. And it's just generally not good. So, but um, yeah, the, the, those exercises for me, um, they're like a check, right? They really, um, spe especially bent pressing. If I'm, um, if, if I go to bent press and my body's not ready to bent press, I'm going to know really, really quickly. And, uh, you know, for those of you that have some shoulders that, that are a little tight or maybe some, uh, previous injuries, et cetera, the bent press will, uh, expose that rather quickly. 100%. And then if we, we kind of transition from it, 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 we, we're going to leave the body weight strength conversation for just a little bit. Now we transition into, um, in my opinion, the next step would be the kettlebell. Let's get you good at a kettlebell deadlift. Let's move towards a kettlebell swing. Let's go beyond the get up as loaded yoga and let's start using the get up to build strength and capacity. Uh, let's get to the military press, the front squat, the, the, the things within the kettlebell world that can build tremendous strength. Um, and then the, so like I love what I'm doing right now with, you know, lots of clean presses and squats, right? This whole iron cardio thing that I'm working on. So, you know, that uh, is continues to deliver. And, and so simple, repeatable, scalable, building strength. And then we had, so those are the grinds and things that we work on. Then we have our ballistics, swings, clean snatches, jerks, things of that nature. Um, and we had been chatting just a little bit because, our, uh, our prep for the podcast was a, a good five minutes before we start to hit record. Um, 
Was I supposed to say that on air? Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna edit that. I'm not gonna, gonna edit, edit that at all. <laughs> I don't edit. I'm not editing a thing. So <laughs> this is this is it. It's a steel trap now. Got it. So you know the um, where you place those ballistics. Uh, do you want to excite the nervous system and get ready for the rest of your training? Uh, when I was preparing for the SFL, I would actually use a quick in the dead snatch protocol, uh, the 044 protocol from strong endurance or quick in the dead. Um, and I would hit my, you know, 80 to 120 snatches. And then I would go do my barbell work. And there were a couple of times where I didn't get to do that. I was just in a rush. I went straight to the barbell work and I'm like, man, this feels way worse today. And so just having that, uh, what, what's the fancy name? Post-potentiation. Well, there's, there's yeah, potentiation and then Pat post activation potentiation, which is honestly, and I've been looking at a bunch of the research on that and French contest, French contrast training. It's all just manipulating the nervous system through fast and explosive movements early on. That's all it really is. <laughs> and so the, the, the swing, the snatch, the jerk can succeed really well in that, in that, uh, from that standpoint, you just don't want to accumulate fatigue. Exactly. This isn't using the swing as conditioning. And even though due to the way the energy systems work within these uh, protocol like 044, and I, so I was using um, the, the push band to measure power when I was doing some of this. And especially early on with the push band, like I had to create an awful protocol to find a power drop off. Um, when I was doing things the way we do them, um, you know, five reps, top of the minute, uh, the quick and the dead sort of protocol, you know, wh whatever I was doing, I couldn't find a power drop off. Like it was just, I could, I could hit it. I never saw a power drop off and I could go on to other things that I wanted to do versus using the ballistics at more of the end of a session to really get after some energy system work and some conditioning to kind of push a little bit because if I'm, if I'm going to do my 10 by 10 simple and sinister work with just with one arm swings and I'm compressing a hundred reps into sub 10 minutes, there's work going on. Yeah. I, I don't finish my hundred reps of swings in, in that timeless uh, fashion. If I'm, if I'm compressing a little bit, I don't finish that and go, I'm fresh as a daisy. I think I'll go hit the barbell. You know, I, I finish my swings and maybe, you know, if you're following the exact protocol, you take some time do some get-ups and then you, you get on with the rest of the day. Um, so where you place that and what you're looking to get out of that um, is I think that that continuum from kettlebell of loaded uh, mobility, movement quality, uh, building strength with our grinds, and then either um, potentiation or conditioning as far as how we're using those ballistics. So that's the continuum with uh, how we're applying the, uh, the kettlebell, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one thing I'll definitely add. If you are using ballistics at the beginning of your workout for uh, potentiation purposes, plan on resting more than you're actually exercising. And that's something that a lot of people have a tough time with. Um, let's say you're doing five swings at the top of the minute. You're looking at seven seconds of work, eight seconds of work with 50 seconds off. Um, and, and a lot of the times, um, it, that's going to require usually like a one to six work to work to rest ratio, right? Um, one to set one, one to six, one to eight, depending on the individual and, and their, their overall, um, sort of training status. And those guidelines are really nice from a power standpoint. Now, if you start going longer in duration, um, 
those guidelines don't exactly work because uh, you're just going to be going for a lot longer and you're going to be resting for a lot longer. But if you're going really, if you're doing sets that are going to be lasting more than seven or eight seconds, um, you're probably going to start to go a little bit more acidic than you want. And then, um, you're probably going to have a power drop off. So, um, but like you said, uh, you know, handful of swings on the minute, um, handful of snatches on the minute, um, even, um, dead stop swings are fantastic for that. Um, a lot of the times I'm a big fan of, uh, I've always loved sort of a 10 by three sort of training protocol. I don't know why I came up with that. It just, it, it just tended to work for me. So I'll just say if I'm doing, um, you know, I want to use uh, jerks from a, for a potentiation purpose. I'll start with a lighter bell, a pair of lighter bells, bang out three jerks, shake it out, rest, you know, maybe do another set with that weight and then just keep on adding weight. So, you know, I'll end up doing 10 sets, but the first three sets may be the same weight. Then the next three sets may be the same weight. And then the next two sets may be the same way. And then you kind of finish with your top sets when your nervous system is really dialed in and then boom, you can move on to your other things. And the beauty of that too is, you feel really fresh too. I, I don't know about you, but when I, when I train that way, um, I just tend to feel that much better. My energy's better. I don't feel smashed. Um, the other day I did, um, just a bunch of double cleans, just, uh, just, yeah, I think I did 12 sets of two and I didn't go super heavy, but I just went really explosive and plenty of rest. And I was like, man, I feel good. It was like a cup of coffee. I was just like, wow, I feel awesome. And, uh, um, you know, you don't necessarily feel like you're getting a training effect, but um, there, there's some stuff going on there from a neurological standpoint, for sure. So, um, if you are using it at the beginning, just remember you're going to, you're going to rest a lot more than you think. And if your goal is potentiation or power, you should never be out of breath, right? You should always be fresh. You should easily be able to have a conversation, um, and then go from there. But if you are, uh, you know, down the road using it for conditioning purposes, then, um, depending on, you know, what you're looking at, um, things are going to change, but just remember too, that, conditioning is absolutely a continuum and you have to start off with sort of those smaller increments and just keep building for, for some reason. I see so many people though, they go right to like sets of 30 seconds. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't we do sets of, you know, seven seconds for a little bit and then sets of eight to nine seconds and set, you know, just keep on working that continuum. And obviously you have to know, um, you know, a little bit about energy systems and physiology to make sure that you're, you're dialing in, um, the proper work to rest ratios, because when you start doing purposeful glycolytic work where you're doing heavy swings for 40 seconds straight, it's a very, very different scenario. Um, and you're going to have to, again, rest a lot longer, um, than you would normally think. hundred percent. And then we make the transition into that final, uh, modality. And we start talking about the barbell now, in my opinion, now we're really talking about a max strength tool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of using the barbell as endurance work. And I think that, uh, too often people slip into protocols that are either old bodybuilding protocols. Um, and Hey, if, if you want to and understand that almost none of my recommendations are either bodybuilding or aesthetically, um, directed, um, there are ways to do that. There are experts in doing that. Uh, quite honestly, when somebody comes to me and says, I have a physique transformation goal, I am like, I will send you to someone that does that because I don't, um, I, I just have no, I have no desire to, to be in that, in that realm. Um, I want to build strength, power, accomplish your goals. I don't care how you look. Um, you'll look better as a result of trying to accomplish those things, but I'm not going to put the bullseye there for a variety of reasons. Another podcast, um, so once we make the transition into the, into the barbell, um, 
I, in, in my opinion, we're talking about more max strength. Now, does that mean that we're chalking up sniff, sniff and smelling salts and banging our head against the, the barbell every session? No, there's an intelligent way to build strength. There's an intelligent way to use the barbell over time to move towards building great strength. And really it's a focus on the basics. Um, military press, deadlift, squat. Um, what's the other one? Bench um, press. Bench press. There you go. And then you can throw in things like a pendulum row and, and, and you can round out. But now we're talking about typically very symmetrical loading. Um, you know, whereas with the kettlebell, we tend to get into asymmetrical loading and um, more, maybe more single leg work with the kettlebell and dumbbell sort of uh, realm of things versus the uh, barbell. And so now let's be real targeted. What do you need to build max strength in? Um, give me a, give me a football lineman. Yeah. We're squatting. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, we're, we're going to build form. We're going to build technique. We're going to, we're going to make sure that we're doing things in the, in the best way possible. But if you need to put on some armor plating, like there's, there's proven ways to, to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, by that, and some of this is covered by the fact that I've been almost, almost, a kettlebell only guy for 20 years. Um, have I, I did my power lifting. I've you know, done the SFL. I've certainly spent my time with, a, with a barbell. Um, but I've been kind of kettlebell only quotation marks. Now, I, I was doing air quotes and then I realized we're not releasing the videos. Um, so, you know, uh, kettlebell only guy, uh, for quite some time, I've built some pretty good strength and, and have enjoyed my time with a barbell. And, um, but that, that's where that kind of lives for me is on that other end of the spectrum, which we can also add in with one arm push up, one arm, one leg push up, hitting that max pull up. You know, now we're starting to bring that body weight skills into that max strength realm of things. And those kettlebell skills, like getting to a half body weight, one arm military press or some of the other things that we focus on from a strength perspective within the kettlebell world, uh, having some barbell in there can help with all of that. Absolutely. And, uh, it just depends on how your body will also respond to the various types of loading. Um, you know, right now I'm training a lot of jujitsu. Um, I don't do really any barbell work. I'm actually focusing more on kettlebell and, and body weight and because it's just more forgiving for me. And, uh, you know, at some point, will I go back to heavy uh, barbell work? Maybe. Um, but again, I, I really don't care. Um, because at the end of the day, what I care about is, is being durable, being strong, being resilient and staying on the mats. And for me, I have to pick the modality that's going to allow me to do that. And, and I'll be honest and, and I've made some mistakes and I always have that ego. That's like, Mike, you got to go back to squatting heavy and benching heavy. And I just never feel good. And, 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 um, I always go back to the kettlebell. And once I start doing that, I feel exponentially better. And, uh, you know, I have to, I have to start looking at, um, what my body responds to in a positive fashion, because, um, you know, I, I do well when I hit, you know, the barbell lifts, but, um, for me, a lot of barbell work in jujitsu just does not go well. And, and the other thing I think we need to talk about is guys, a lot of this stuff is just, it's, it takes a while to develop the skill. And, um, that's something that people, they want to, they want to skip that. Right. And here's the problem when you, you don't take the time at the beginning of your journey to dial in your technique and, and to really focus on those nuances is 
everybody, if you're a newbie and you start lifting, you're going to get those newbie gains. And there's a bunch of research on it too, where people can put an absurd amount of muscle on within the first two years, if they're just being consistent. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that doesn't mean that people are developing a skill. It just means they are exposing themselves to, um, a new stressor. And anytime you expose yourself to a new stressor, you're going to get a different adaptation and a different outcome. But, um, I can't tell you how many times, and I'll be the first to admit it. I, I teach someone to deadlift and we make some great progress, but there's some little nuances early on from a technical standpoint or from a tension standpoint that I may have missed. And then what happens is you have to go back and you got to fix that because at a certain point, your barrier becomes your technical ability. It's not, it's not so much strength. I mean, yes, there is the strength component, but if your technique's not dialed in, um, you can't get into the right positions. You don't have the right sequencing and the right timing. And then you have to do your work twice. And, and listen, I've made that mistake training myself and, and even with clients where, um, I was, I was so excited to get them lifting heavy and they were so excited to, to, to lift heavy that, um, we missed some things along the way. And, um, now I just, I'll just in the middle of a session, if it's not looking good, I'll just, you know, I'll just be like, all right, stop. We gotta, we gotta rewire this thing a little bit. We gotta, you know, pump the brakes because, um, if we don't do that now, um, we're going to hit plateaus prematurely. And that's not what we're looking for. Well, two things. Strength is a skill. One of the central principles within the, the kind of strong first universe. And it's funny because, uh, you know, you'll see people, you'll hear people say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's just strong. You know, doesn't have that good a technique. He's just strong. Well, nobody says, uh, well, he's, he just has good technique. He's, he's not, he's not a great shooter. He just has good technique. Um, you know, there, there's so many examples of, of where, you know, the, somebody just, yeah, the, the, the strength is a skill thing. Yeah. It's, it, it is learning, refining, um, plugging holes, uh, adapting, overcoming roadblocks in, in skill acquisition, and reaching high levels of, of skill and technique and patterning with, within the, the things you want to be good at, which is one of the things. So as we kind of bring things home and we talk about, um, we've talked about these continuums within body weight, kettlebell, barbell. Um, all right. Now, how do we, how do we put it together? So understanding that we're always going to have that body weight movement, quality, capacity conversation in the beginning for you and I, and the way we program, we're going to have those loaded mobility slash quality moves, uh, get up windmill, et cetera, that, that, that just happened before. Um, then, you know, what do you focus on if you want the potentiation? Let's hit some snatches. Um, actually, you know, hitting some snatches before you're going to do a, a military press day, not the worst idea in the world, because there's a lot of excitation and, and uh, potentiation that happens from a few, a little bit of snatches before you're going to hit your presses. Um, and then having that conversation, what do you want to focus on from a strength perspective? Um, if you have, if you're, you know, we get into our recertifications, right? So you get people that are trying to research their SFB. So they need their one arm or one arm, one leg push up. Um, they need to have maybe their SFL deadlift max and uh, military press technique. And they need to do a snatch test. Um, with maybe a couple of other skills blended in there. Well, your training routine just kind of wrote itself, didn't it? Like you're, you're, you're going to work on your one-arm push-up. make sure that that's there uh, and pass a standard. So if you do some potentiation work or not, maybe that's one of the first things that leads out your, your strength practice for that day. And if we've done a good bit of one-arm, one-leg push-up, maybe that's the press for the day. 
now we shift to something like uh, the deadlift that we need to optimize in order for, for recertification or just because you like deadlifting. I don't care. Maybe it's a squat. Um, and, and then, you know, you, you kind of, maybe there's a couple of assistance moves in there because, um, you know, you, you need to balance things out and, and have a, um, a pull-up involved um, or something of that nature. And then you get to your conditioning at the end. And then, you know, we kind of open the doors there. Um, if you've done a lot of deadlifting uh, or maybe it's a day to get on the assault bike and knock out some intervals on the assault bike um, for which no one said, thank you ever. And, um, <laughs> and then, That's but, true. May, but maybe it's a, maybe it's a day to finish with some swings or snatches or, or kettlebell jerks. Um, so that's kind of, if, if you're going to try to do everything, except the fact that you're only going to be doing a little of everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the, the, the ultimate, uh, conversation there in, in mixing modalities is, uh, if you're going to mix them, you're, now you're playing with your ratios. It's like any other recipe, right? You, you can't, you can't have full cups of all everything that's going in the recipe. You're either making it for hundred people or it's not going to taste very good. You got to work your recipe and uh, work your ratios. Absolutely. And I think another thing to consider is what are you good at? Not you specifically, Brett, but certain people have certain things that they, uh, they tend to be a little bit better at. Um, like for me, getting ready for a snatch test. Um, I can, I can bang out if I train for three to four weeks consistently, I can bang out a snatch test. No easy, uh, pretty easily. Now it's funny because a long time ago, early on in my kettlebell career, that was like my, that was my kryptonite, right? It was just like the hardest thing I've ever done. And now it's just, I mean, it don't get me wrong. It's challenging. I have to put the work in, but it, it comes back pretty quickly. So I think you also have to, like I said, just consider what you're good at and, and uh, you know, what you're, people do what they like, right? Let's be honest. People go to the gym. Why do you think Monday is international, you know, bench rest day, right? Everyone's going to go in and just do chest and tries and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I like, I know for me, um, if I'm getting back to, you know, dialing in my pistols or my one-on-one like pushups, those are going to be at the beginning of my training session because they take a lot more focus, um, a lot more, uh, from a neurological standpoint, they're a lot more taxing. Um, you know, uh, there haven't been too many times in my training career where I felt that true neurological fatigue, but let me tell you, when I started training a lot of one-on-one like pushups with high tension, it's a very, very different type of tired. Um, and, uh, the amount of volume that I was able to, to do. I mean, it was, it wasn't much at all, but boy, did I, did I get strong. Um, but at the same time, it, it took a while to get there. Um, so again, you just have to know what, what you're good at, what you're bad at, and then your weaknesses, you're going to put up front, because if you know that they're your weaknesses, they're probably going to do, you're going to, they're going to demand a little bit more of your attention, right? Like if you can hit a half, you know, half body weight, military press, any day of the week. Cool. Hit them once a week and maintain it. Right. But for a lot of other people, they're hitting those three days a week with, uh, you know, wavering the load and doing some assistance exercises. So you just have to really look at what you're good at, what you're not so good at. And then when you're laying out that programming, um, just put the, the things that you're not so good at at the beginning, or you may have to have a little bit more frequency throughout the week. Well, I'm just reminded of, uh, Louis, an old Louis Simmons quote, um, train your weaknesses, compete your strengths. Yep. And uh, plugging and gray and, and, you know, it's an old saying as well, working on any other link than the weakest will not strengthen the, the chain. Mm-hmm. So definitely targeting those things that you need actual work and progression on 
can make all the difference in the world. We love to do the stuff we're already good at. Of course. We hate to do the stuff that makes us uncomfortable. To the point that when I've been asking, you know, working with people over the years, they are willing to do something that they're good at, but causes pain versus something that makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how did we get here? (laughs) Ego. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes. In in a nutshell. Help. I'm in a nutshell. So every podcast we're in a nutshell, Brett. I have to do it. Um, it, And so I married an axe murderer, uh, Mike Myers. Uh, So anyway, that uh, great movie. That is where most people, you know, run into trouble from a programming standpoint. They're not willing to put the bullseye on something they need to improve uh, and, uh, and, and dedicate the time to that. doesn't mean that you don't get to train your strengths or have those as part of your program, but it means you better have part of the routine focused on weaknesses and things that you need to improve. And for those of you that think weaknesses is too negative of a word, um, look for your areas of opportunity and make (laughs) sure that those are involved in your routine. I forget who said it. It was that one of the, uh, could have been even in the RKC days, uh, when we were involved or, um, it could have been early SFG, um, you get your strong side and your stronger side, right? That, that was a classic David Whitley. Who, that, that, uh, I and, thought it was Whitley, but I wasn't yep. sure. And I, and I've, I've used that with so many people and, and I can't tell you how many, and we're slipping into a little bit of a mindset, you know, conversation here, but, uh, you know, people, um, will always, oh, boy, you're not going to believe my weak side. I'm like, no, 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 there's no weak side. You have a strong side and you have a stronger side. So can we make the strong side stronger? Yes, we, we can do that. But we're not going to talk about you being weak. We're going to talk about strong and stronger and we're going to head that direction. So I, I, do, I do get nocebo. I do get the, the idea of, um, you know, it's an, another meme that's out there, um, you know, uh, careful with the with what you think and what you say because your body's listening. Um, <laughs> your your mind and your body are are listening. So when you go down that negative, you know self self talk uh, route, you're listening, and it does have an impact. So uh, keep things in the positive, and uh, but be be realistic about those areas of opportunity, and uh, go after put your bullseye on those things that actually need to improve it's going to benefit you overall. I think we're going to end it at that. Awesome. Well, uh, Brett, as always good chatting with you, we could talk about kettlebells, barbells and body weight for, for weeks on end. And I think people will probably get a little bit bored of that, but, uh, anyways, for those of you listening, thank you so much. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a huge favor, give us a positive review on whatever platform that you're listening to share this with your friends, family, and colleagues. We appreciate you guys. And, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks, Mike.